Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin. Today, we're discussing how to manage up and achieve success in the workplace with any type of boss. And to help us, we're joined by Mary Abajay, author of Managing Up. Managing Up is the most valuable soft skill for your career because it's about figuring out who you are, who your boss is, and finding where you meet. It's about building real relationships with people who have influence over your career. Today, Mary shares specific tips and strategies for getting started and a quick edit to make next time you ask for feedback. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Well, hi, Mary. Welcome to the show. Well, Lauren, thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here because I am a super fan of your website and the Career Contessa website. So, I mean, in the podcast. So this is a dream come true. <laughs> I'm so excited. So tell everybody, you know, give them the brief introduction of yourself and why you wrote a book about managing up. Because I feel like when people write a book on a really specific topic, it's because it was like the vein of their existence or something happened with that. <laughs> so tell us. Like I suffered at the hands of terrible bosses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, well, my name is Mary Abajay and I am the president of a consulting firm called Career Stone Group that really works to help people be very successful in their careers and help organizations create uh, really great workplaces, right? Where people can be productive and positive. And I started on this managing up craze because I kept hearing from so many people, like the staff would tell me, we'd go in to do like team building or whatever. And staff would tell me, oh my God, my manager's a nightmare. I don't know how to deal with them. And then my, you know, the managers would be like, oh my God, my staff's a nightmare. I don't know how to deal with them. I just thought, (laughs) people, y'all just need to talk to each other. This isn't rocket science. This is just human dynamics. And so what I, so I thought, well, let me, maybe I could create a class like this. So I created a class called Managing Up about 12 years ago. And it basically is just how we can help navigate those relationships that are really important in the workplace and how to navigate the ones that we have with our boss, because that's a very important workplace uh, relationship. And so I really wanted to empower people to stop complaining about their boss and start like dealing with the boss they actually have, not the boss they wish they had. And when I wrote the book, Lauren, there was like maybe four other books on the topic at the time. And yet there were a thousand million books on how to be a manager, which clearly yeah. people aren't reading because most people still suck <laughs> yeah. at it. So I thought I need to write a book because I want to help people be successful in this realm. 
I love that. And I completely agree. Actually, one of my first experiences with a boss, she was really good at managing up to the director and she was a terrible manager to us below. And I, that was the first time I heard the term managing up and people would say, yeah, she's really good at managing up. And I was like, what does that mean? Cause I, when you say she's great at that, I'm thinking it means she's a great manager. And I was like, I have not had that experience. So this is, this is very interesting. So yeah, she only had half, she only had half her game going down. The other half yeah. is not good, right? <laughs> yeah, no, not good at all. Okay. So tell people, or let's start with the definition of what is managing up, because I do think there's a lot of misconceptions about what this means. Oh my exactly. God. You're so right. Well, first of all, as you can imagine, it is not about sucking up. It's not about being a sycophant or being somebody's patsy or kissing someone's butt or licking their boots. Like that is manipulation. <laughs> Managing up is about taking a conscious and deliberate effort to build a productive and positive working relationship with those above you in the food chain so that you can be successful, they can be successful, and of course, the organization can be successful. So it's about really taking into account that you're going to be working with someone who may have a different personality personality, different work style, different level of power for sure, perhaps different experiences, perspectives, different priorities, pet peeves, the whole gamut. So what can you do from where you sit in that relationship to make it work for you, for them, and for the organization? Now, even though it isn't about sucking up, Sometimes we have to suck it up, right? Sometimes we have to <laughs> figure out how to deal with people who may work differently than us, who may have a different preference or a work style. So the more that we can learn how to navigate people who are different than us successfully, actually, that's a skill that we can use when we're managers and we need to manage down. I think this is actually a very common theme I hear in a lot of our episodes is about I know it feels like you're having to change yourself to make it work for that other person, but it helps you to be able to get your work done faster, better, more proactively. So to your point, it's not about sucking up, but sometimes you have to suck it up and yeah. be like, okay, that's how that person needs to communicate. It kind of annoys me that I have to always put what I just said in our meeting recapped written in an email. Like, I don't understand why they can't just remember it, but like it clearly right. works for them and therefore it's going to work for you. That's it right. kind of, it's like those things. Cause you can't change who people are. You're not going to change who your boss is. Your boss is who they are. Your boss, uh, he, she, or they got there based on who they are. So the odds of them changing for you are pretty slim, even though I encourage bosses to be more adaptive, right? So it's really about understanding the platinum rule, which is how, you know, we want to be able to interact with people the way that they like to interact. So for example, I am very fast paced. I talk fast. I think fast. I act fast. Well, not all my clients like the fast pace. Sometimes I have to slow down. So it is about learning how the more adaptive you can be, the more power and influence that you can garner and use within the within an organization. So we just really need to understand the platinum rule. And I'll tell you one thing, Lauren, sometimes people say to me things like, but Mary, it's not very authentic of, of me to like talk slow or to, to write long emails. And I think people have to realize that being authentic isn't using the exact same behaviors in every circumstance, right? It's about bringing yeah. your spirit, your values, your personality in the most appropriate way. So I often tell my groups like, in real life, authentically, I have a salty vocabulary. I swear like a sailor, Lauren, that hopes to be a truck driver someday. But it doesn't <laughs> make me inauthentic if I don't drop F-bombs every five minutes with I'm with a client. So it really is about being adaptable and authentic and finding that blend. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. So how does managing up 
help advance your career? And, and why does it work? You know, why is it good for you, your boss, the organization for you to really learn this skill and invest the time in it? Yeah. So there's three main reasons. The first reason is, you know, whether we like it or not, our bosses have a lot of influence over our career trajectory, right? They have a lot of influence over the projects we get to work on, the teams we're a part of. They have a lot of influence over our visibility in the organization and oftentimes our visibility in our industry, right? So that relationship really matters. When we have positive working relationships with them, positive things will come our way. Opportunities will come our way in our career, which is the second reason why it matters and that is that your career matters. Like everyone who's listening to this has a career and nobody can, nobody will, nobody should care about their career more than they do. And if part of your career success, however you define it, hinges in some part, large or small on having that productive and positive working relationship, then it's on us to make that happen because of reason number three is that we can't change them as we just talked about. We can't change who they are. The best we can do is to adapt uh, and figure out ways to make that relationship work for us in our career. And as you know, Lauren, the truth of the matter is not all bosses are good at being bosses. Not all managers are good at that job. Organizations don't usually select managers because they think they're going to be good at the job. They usually select them because they were good at their job before, right? They were yes. they were good at their mm -hmm. technical job. We don't really know whether they have aptitude or acumen to actually be a good manager. We also know that most managers don't get significant training before they become a manager. Like Harvard did that study a couple of years ago where they found that most managers uh, don't get significant managerial training until 10 years after they've been a manager. So that's that's oh a long gosh. time for people to wing it, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and of course, the yes. final reason is that like your dream manager, Lauren, might be my worst nightmare and vice versa. Right. So they, people come in all shapes and sizes. So we really have to take where we sit in that relationship seriously and do what we can so that we can be successful. Yes. And and it's, it is really thinking about what do I need to get to in order to succeed at work. And unfortunately, you're probably going to need the buy-in or the help of this manager, this person who has some sort of influence or out of your career. So anytime you're doing something that's annoying to you, just remember it is helping you get to that next level. And maybe you'll be their boss one day now. So, right. And you know what, by the way, the same strategies that you can use for managing up, you can use those for managing across and managing down. Like, let's be honest, there's always going to be annoying people or people who are annoying to yes. you. People are <laughs> yeah. different than you. So it's good to learn that. And I'll say one more thing about this uh, is that for managers who are listening to this bot podcast, not only do I want you to think about managing up because you still need to do it, right? No matter how high you sit, there's someone above you probably. Uh, but I want managers to think about this. How easy or how hard do they make it for their people to manage up to them? Like how clearly do they let their people know their expectations, their preferences, their priorities, their pet peeves? Yeah, that's a really good point. So for example, if you are a manager right now, or even I guess if you are thinking about, okay, do I know how my manager prefers for me to communicate to them? We actually have this free worksheet. I'll put it in the show notes that you and your team can fill out to find out people's communication preferences. And it's a awesome worksheet to have your team sit down and be like, some people like it written. Some people are fine with a quick conversation, a quick slack, you know, everybody. So you're, you're totally right. If you are leaving people in the dark or you're changing your mind all the time and you're just not even talking about these things, you're making it extremely difficult for people to even manage up, which helps you and helps them. So I agree. And 
And I love that worksheet that you talked about. You know, we often encourage our clients as well to do what we call the SOP of me, which is to do the exact, the exact thing, Lauren, like have the conversation. This doesn't have to be a guessing game and have everyone on the team talk about like their preferences around communication or work style or punctuality or whatever it is. Yeah. Have you been on the hunt for a new doctor and you ask literally everyone you know for their recommendation? You know, a doctor who actually gets you, they listen to you and they make you feel super comfortable. And finally, after weeks of searching, you find the one you're super excited and their office is even right by you. And you're like, this is the dream. So you call their office and they have an appointment available. But then the receptionist tells you the perfect doctor doesn't take your insurance. Well, not to fret, (laughs) wipe your tears away and head over to ZocDoc to find and book the doctor who is right for you. And more importantly, will take your insurance. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top rated patient review doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who do take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. These docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients, not bots. And here's another thing you're going to love. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 48 hours. That's it. You can even score some same day appointments. Once you find the doc that you want, you can book them immediately with just a few taps of the app. No more waiting awkwardly or holding on for a receptionist. I've used ZocDoc and found it super easy to navigate. I loved reading through the reviews of doctors that I knew took my insurance and had appointments available so I wasn't wasting my time. It made scheduling a doctor's appointment such a breeze. In fact, I went to the doctor recently, an endocrinologist for my hypothyroidism, and I absolutely love this person. I think they're super knowledgeable and I couldn't be happier. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Contessa and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. One more time, that's ZocDoc, so Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Contessa, C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A. One more time, ZocDoc.com slash Contessa. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram and it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. So if someone wants to develop this skill, where should they start? And and can you give us some actionable tips and examples of of what that might look like? So the first thing you have to do, and it's a very simple formula, like it's really simple, but like a lot of simple things, it's not always easy because it requires us to get out of our own way a lot of times, right? Because it's really comfortable for us to blame other people for being annoying as opposed to like figure out what we can do to navigate that. So the first thing you have to do is just really notice how your boss or manager operates like and do this objectively without the coulda shoulda woulda right so like how do they communicate what are their work style preferences how do they like to get stuff done how do they communicate and you do this of course without noticing or judging because once we judge people negatively then of course we get 
trapped by our amygdala, our reptile brain, and we're all like angry and bitter and fight or flight. So don't do that. Just pay attention. And then once you have a good idea about who your manager is, who they really are, not who you wish they were, then you're going to take a look at yourself. And this can be hard because as we know, most people are not as self-aware as they think they are. So take a good look at you and how you operate your preferences. And then of course, you then, once you have a good idea who, who they are and who you are, really are, then you're going to assess, are there any gaps? Like where are you along? and where are you not aligned? And then when you have a look at those gaps, then you get to choose what you want to do about those gaps. Maybe you choose to try some new strategies. Maybe you choose to make a request of your boss. Maybe you choose to do nothing about the differences and just be okay with them. The idea here is that you have to choose because when we are in a place of choice, we are in a place of empowerment. When we're not in a place of choice is when we're in a place of blame. And that's not what I want because I'm sure you have met people through your many years who are career victims, you know, who just complain and bitch and moan about everybody, but they don't do anything to help themselves. That's not what we want. We want people to be in a place of choice. And there's like a bunch of different areas I want you to look at. Like you want to look at communication style. You want to look at work style. You want to look at their punctuality style. You want to look at, are they task people or a relationship building people. You have to also take into account like the culture of the organization or the culture of the individual. Uh, and then of course, you really do need to understand your boss's priorities, like really what matters to him, her, or them? What do they really care about? So those are, I call those like the big six areas that you want to take a really deep dive into. So if your group does any like personality assessments, like the DISC, the Myers-Briggs, FIRO-B, blah, 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 all that stuff can be super helpful. Yeah, we did disc at one of the companies I worked at and it was incredible. Me and this person, we really butt heads. We like did not love working together. We were running the university recruitment team together. And um, once we did disc, it was like I had this whole other view of him. He had this whole other view of me. And we worked so well moving forward because it you know, one of the things was, I remember he liked to make really quick decisions, which always made me feel like you don't care. You don't give a shit about this. You just want to like check the box and be done with it. And I ended up being, I think a C, which is conscientious, which is like, I like to take my time thinking about stuff. And so I was, you want to get things right. He wants to get things fast. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, we, you know, those are total opposites. And so it was kind of nice to be like, oh, this isn't you just doing this to annoy me or because you don't care. This is sort of who you are. We're like, he really doesn't sweat the small stuff. And I probably needed to learn to sweat less of that stuff. And so it was, it was really interesting. So I agree. I think those personality tests are always, you know, insightful for a whole slew of reasons. I want to review the areas you talked about. So you said to make sure you understand your bosses, basically their work style, their communication style, their culture. You talked about time. So are they punctual? Like, do they show up to everything on time or 15 minutes early? Right? Like these are the little details that matter because they're letting you probably know without saying it, that time is important to them, stuff like that. What were the other categories you mentioned? Were there task people or relationship people, right? So task people are going to be like, hey, Lauren, where's that Penske project? And you're like, well, good morning, fellow human being, you know? Yeah, <laughs> or the exactly. relationship people will be like, hey, what's going on? How are you? And task people are like, what the what? What do you want? Like, get to the point. Like, understanding <laughs> that is really important. And of course, yep. I think the other one you missed was the priorities, like understanding their priorities, which yes. people tend to get really judgy about other people's priorities. And you don't judge what your boss cares about. You don't have to help them get it. Like that's up to you, but you do need to know what your boss cares about. Even if you think it's silly. 
Also, it's funny you talk about the relationship thing. Just I'm having like all these flashbacks now. I had a <laughs> internship once where it was a marketing internship and we were having a sales call. And right away on the call, I like launched right into asking the guy about the task and this and that. And the feedback she gave me afterwards, she was like, you never start a call like that. You always like ask them how they're doing, <laughs> like what's going on. And I remember I was like college intern. I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I like, and it's to your point, it's like marketing and sales. That's like a very relationship minded, uh, yeah you know, a career. And so it totally made sense why that was important to her to be like, we have to build a relationship with this person before we just say, Hey, have you done this, this, and this? And it is interesting because I'm the type of boss where I'm like, I like the relationship part, but I'm really interested in the task part. Yeah. Like I That's want you to C. get to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to see. I'm like, and where's so, your to-do so, list? As a boss, you may allow like five or 10 minutes for chit chat, but at minute four, your stomach is like ready to move on. You're like grinding. Like how much am I right? How much longer do I have to do yes. this? So yeah, that's totally me. Every team meeting, I'm like, we chit chat and then I'm like, okay, so let's get to like, I don't want to waste your guys' time, but really I'm saying about it about myself, you know? So it's so funny. I like definitely deflect. Okay. So when people decide that they are going to basically put together this list of these categories, you recommend they sit down with their boss individually? Is it something you send to them via email to kind of collect this information? Because basically you're you're trying to almost create like a blueprint of what this boss prefers and then move forward from that. Yeah. Like, do you do this really intentionally where they are included so that they know you're trying to manage up? Or is this something you need to do quietly behind the scenes? I think it's context specific. So depending on like what kind of a boss you have, how comfortable you are, you know, so I would start with, and if you are new to the job, uh, and I can send you our list, my list of questions of here's the best questions you can ask. If you are new to the job, I recommend at like month one, towards the end of month one, you call me with your boss and you ask them these, I call them the preferences, pet peeves and priorities conversation. And you just ask them like, what are your preferences for communicating? How often do you like to check in on projects? What are your concerns with hybrid work right now? What's the t- most, what's your number one, two or three priority? So you have the conversation. If you're not comfortable having the conversation, then I want you to like really rely on what you've noticed. Like just really be like a person detective, pay attention to this person, how they're behaving, how they're interacting, how they treat people. Uh, number three, you can also ask other people if you're kind of new to the organization, like get give me the lowdown and so-and-so. Clearly the ideal way is to ask the person uh, to have a conversation. Now, some people are not gonna be self-aware. So that's when you have to kind of rely on what they say and how you actually experience them. Uh, And then you figure out the strategies after that to do that. If they don't tell you how to deal with them, like in my team, they all know that I'm an introverted, fast paced advancer ghost boss, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so since I'm a ghost boss means I'm really, really hands off. So in order for them to deal with me, as I'll tell with anyone with the ghost bosses, if you have a ghost boss, then you really have to take responsibility for being proactive and getting their attention when you need it and being very specific about the attention that you need. You also have to really embrace the idea of FITFO, which is figuring things, the F word out uh, as best you can before you go to your boss. So you've got to figure out who the boss is. Then you develop the strategies to navigate that person effectively. Yeah. I love that. I also want to talk about for managing up. I think of this sometimes is like making sure your contributions are well known. How can you brag and kind of toot your own horn without being obnoxious and like in your boss's face, especially if you're not sure what your boss's preferences are for that, you know? Yeah. So I love that question. So the first thing I would say to people is this, you're not bragging if you're stating the facts, right? <laughs> That's a good you're point. S- 
You're simply saying the fact that this client said that I was the best thing since sliced bread. Like here's their email. So I think it's really important. So people for number one, you're not bragging when you're saying the facts. Number two, never assume that your boss knows just how fabulous you are, right? And never assume that they know exactly what you've accomplished. So it's kind of part of your job to keep reminding them or keeping it on the radar. And number three, unless you're working for some narcissistic, sadistic bully, 99.99% of bosses want to hear about your successes and your accomplishments. So there's a couple of ways you can do this. You could forward compliments, uh, emails from clients, customers, other people in the organization when you've done a good job. You could even say, hey, boss, a little humble brag, just thought you'd like to see how happy client XYZ is with us. So like just sending that stuff. If you have regular team meetings, you know, uh, I know in my team, what we do every week when we start our team meeting is we talk about our win, our wins for the week and everybody is expected to say like a win for the week. Hopefully they'll have more than one. Uh, yeah. So you can share them in meetings or if you're on a regular one-on-one with your boss, make sure you mention your accomplishments on those one-on-ones. And everybody everybody, this is getting into my second favorite topic, which is personal branding. Everybody should keep what I call a success file, a list of your successes and accomplishments so that, you know, if you do have a meeting with your boss or you're running to your boss in the elevator and they go, how's it going, Lauren? You can be like, oh, it's going so great, Mary. You know, I just finished this for this client. They were so super happy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's important to be able to quickly answer that yeah. and not uh, just say, oh, you know, things are going well, because that is such a good pivotal moment when you're face to face in the elevator. And most people don't do that. So you really stand out when you're the person who's like, I've got a fresh list of accomplishments that I can talk about. So maybe a good homework assignment for everyone listening to this today is what would be your three things if someone said, what can I help you with? Or what have you been doing recently? Or how's it going to not just say the usual like things are good how was your weekend? Think of a way that what are three things you could basically say that would help you managing up with anybody in the organization? Because that's another thing you talked about managing across, which is, you know, you're also trying to manage the relationships with people who are your peers, right? That's right. And your boss's boss, right? And so I love that idea, Lauren. And I really encourage people to write it down, like make a active list, I think most people move through life so quickly now. Like there's so much on us. Like I forgot what I, I forgot what I had for lunch already. Uh, You know, like I totally forgot what happened yesterday. So I think if we can somehow make sure that we're making a list so it's more fresh in our mind. Yeah, I love that. I actually, it's, I, so I make a to-do list every day and there's like the career contested stuff. And then I have my personal stuff. I have like a me section. And now I am thinking like I would add a fourth section in there. That's just like writes down. So I, I, cause I like to write these things out, but like write down, like, okay, what are my two brags? Like if someone asked me what's going okay. well, the other thing I always get stumped on is sometimes we'll be like, well, how can I support you? Or how can I help you? And I'm like, I really should give more thought into like, okay, if somebody offers help, what are three things that we really want help with? Or what are our three priorities? And it's, it's amazing how it's not, it doesn't take that long, but it's really impactful and you can actually get favors out of stuff like that. And networking is, is everything, right? And as you said, personal branding is a big piece of this. So managing up is, I would say like a cousin to personal branding. They kind of work in the same family of like making sure that you are proactively driving the direction of your career, which involves you know, being able to manage up and have those influencers know who you are and what do you do and how amazing you are so they can promote you as well. Right. 
It's almost like you are a contestant of career down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, I've, you're, I've actually studied this for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you're 100% right. You're 100% right. You know, and I'll add to that for those who are like, really want to like hone some of their more managing up skills is, you know, uh, like getting, getting effective feedback from your bosses and managers is really important. And what happens is that most people don't know how to ask for feedback correctly. So, you know, if you really want to find out what's happening with your work in terms of your boss's uh, experience of you, then you're going to have to ask them very specific questions, right? Like, don't just say, hey, boss, how am I doing? Because that for a boss, we're just like, oh, dear God, you're fine. Like, that's just too big of a question. So get in the habit of asking more specific questions for feedback. Like, hey, you know, on that uh, Penske report I did last week, what did you think of my intro? Like, are, are the things I could have done more of less of or differently? So being more specific in there. And the other thing I would say for that, one of the top tips for managing up is learn how to make effective requests. You probably get this a lot, Lauren, where people are just like, people will complain about something, but inside of every complaint, there's a request, right? So if you can find what that request is and make it, it can be really effective. But an effective request is also going to let the boss know what, why, how you're going to help make it happen. And when like be really a little bit more detail oriented in your request to your bosses. So instead of going to them and being like, this client is really annoying, it might be like, I'm having some challenges with this client. Would you be able to step in and join the meetings for now on so that they maybe don't push those buttons or like don't push the limits with that thing. Like, so there's, I'm complaining, but I'm also making the request that I need you to show up to these meetings to show them that, Hey, you trust me. I get to run the meeting in front of you or whatever. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, no, I love that. Like you would say, you know, Hey, I'm having trouble with this client. Here's what the trouble is. X, Y, Z would love it. If you could join in on a meeting with me, I'm happy to schedule. I'll take care of scheduling it on your calendar. And then after the meeting, if we could meet for five minutes and then we can determine whether I need you to keep staying on this, or if you can point out like what I could do more of less or differently, that's a great example, Lauren. And that way the boss knows exactly what it is you need from them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't make them guess. I feel like that's kind of a theme for today is like they shouldn't be making you guess and you don't want to guess what it is that they they prefer for their preferences. And and you had a lot of really good tips. So, uh, Mary, share with people where they can buy your book, which is called Managing Up These Resources. And you mentioned um, something about questions, a free worksheet that had questions in it. Yeah. So uh, you can buy the book Managing Up anywhere fine books are sold, you know, yes. the usual suspects. <laughs> uh, you can also visit my website, managingupthebook.com, which will just lead you to Amazon anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I actually have a course on Managing Up on LinkedIn Prime, or I think, well, no, when you're LinkedIn Prime, you get it free, but I think anyone can, can take the course. Oh, and the questions. Oh, you know what, Lauren, do you want, people could either email me them and I'll send them to the Mary at careerstonegroup.com or I could send them to you. You could email Lauren. Yeah, we can, we can put your email in the show notes and then people can. So that's what we'll do. Everybody we will put Mary's uh, email address in the show notes, email Mary, if you want the list of questions, but the questions are what, again, it's questions to ask within the first like 30 days. You can ask, honestly, you can ask them at any time. I was just saying like, if you, if you're new, it's a great time to ask them. And for all the people who are not new, if you're just coming back from virtual into more of a hybrid, it's a great time to ask these questions. Hybrid is an experiment people and not many managers know what the heck they're doing yet because no one's not many people have had to do it before. So it's also a great time to ask these questions now as we're going into a hybrid environment. Amazing. Okay. So we'll put your email address in the show notes. People can collect those questions. Mary, thank you so much for sharing your advice today. I think this was really helpful and managing up is definitely one of those 
really essential skills that we talk about, but we don't really know what it is. And so I think you gave some really actionable tips. So we all really appreciate that. Awesome. Well, Lauren, it was so great to be here. I had so much fun. And again, this was on my bucket list. So I'm very excited and very appreciative. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Don't forget to rate and review our show. Those reviews really, really, really do help our show get found and listened to by new people. So we're always super grateful for that. We've also included a link to our free communication guide in the show notes. You can print this out and use it to learn the communication preferences for everyone on your team, including your boss. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.